welcome to the Norfolk Folklore Society. Um, we've got a very special episode today, a little bit different to kind of our usual. Very exciting. All the recordings that we've been doing recently. Um, we're in Bungie at Steph's house and she's gathered some people who have some black shuck stories to tell us. It's an exciting day. It is an exciting day. We went for pizza. We, we got did. Here. It was Come, lovely. Yeah. Had a little meander through the graveyard. Yeah. To the memento mori. Standard. Uh, so that was a lovely evening. And yeah, so now we're going to have some tales. Um, like I said, we're in Steph's house, so if you hear any kind of creaks, we've all got cups of tea, so you might hear some knocks and things. Um, and there's a very cute dog running around as well, which makes me happy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, shall we go to... So we've got... Um, Darren and Nick here today to tell us some stories. So we'll start with um, with Darren. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So tell us about what happened to you. Well, fortunately, I'm still alive to tell the tale. Because <laughs> at yeah. the time, I genuinely thought I was going to meet some sort of nasty end. Um, but it was like a bit like being in a film. You know, it was, didn't seem quite real until I thought about it afterwards and about, you know, what had happened. So it was uh, going back some years now. Um, 2008, uh, so late summer, I think it was September time, uh, um, because I'd uh, been to see my, my then uh, girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, and she was staying at her parents' home in Gillingham, mm-hmm. near Beckles, um, and I cycled, uh, I, I cycled a lot more then, um, I cycled, was cycling back from Gillingham. It was past midnight. We, I know that for sure. Um, I hadn't drunk any alcohol or anything. Um, <laughs> I'd been with uh, my wife, um, my girlfriend, and her mother and father, and um, they'd been playing music together and, and stuff. And at the time, my, my, my girlfriend wasn't too well. Um, so we'd had a gentle evening. And I was cycling back. It was past midnight. Uh, there's a road... So as you come towards the low road from Gillingham, there's a long road called Gelderson Road. Um, and it goes on for quite a way. There's like a farm on the left-hand side if you're cycling back to if you're coming back in a bungy direction. Um, and it, it was the sort of the, the start of where the farmland is on, on my left that uh, I was aware that there, I was being... Um, well, chased or followed to start with <laughs> because I was cycling very gently. I wasn't in a rush. I had a good headlight on the front of my bike um, and it wasn't a particularly good bike. You know, I wasn't going to go fast on it. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a really old, silly sort of 24-inch wheel. I couldn't have gone fast on it. Um, so I was sort of, you know, gently going along, enjoying the, the past midnight sort of atmosphere and then as I approached the farmland, uh, this, this, I, I heard uh, a, a, like a rustling that came out of the thicket immediately to my left. And I sort of looked over and didn't see anything. There was a hedge that runs along most of the farmland there. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I thought perhaps, you know, just a critter of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell I've just come back from Canada, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> a rabbit or something. And then it, I heard some like quite like, I, I'm, it sounded like a, a large dog, and I know large dogs because my family have always had German shepherds, mm-hmm. uh, um, so I'm familiar with large dogs. And it sounded like a, a large dog. There was sort of like a grunt and a breathe, a heavy breathing and a rustling. So I thought, okay, I'll get cycle a bit faster. So I started to cycle a bit faster, and then it, it was running alongside, and it was on the other side of the hedge. Um, 
and I cycled as fast as I could uh, and it was quite a long stretch that road and it just got faster and faster uh, and it didn't growl but I heard it breathing very heavily um, and and I just cycled as fast as I could and I sort of became quite frightened um, it, it, it was still there and I didn't lose it until the farm uh, the, the road turns sort of turns round towards uh, there's a grain store just before you go down the low road um, and I, I, it didn't stop until then and I think possibly you know, I sort of tried to think about why it suddenly stopped, but I mean, there's loads of trees there. So if you can imagine the hedge runs along for probably almost a kilometer, perhaps it's not that long, but it seemed like a long way. And then, then there's like a load of big trees, like a thicket of trees uh, that separate the farmland from the grain mill. And it stopped at this point, but I didn't, I thought I still heard it. And I carried on and on and on until I came to the houses where Ellingham Mill is. And then I just stopped uh, um, and just sort of listened and it wasn't there anymore. And that's sort of, that's really it. Now, it was getting on for one o'clock probably in the morning. I thought about it, was it a dog? You know, was it a big dog? It would have been have to be a very big dog to sound like that mm -hmm. because the pounding on the ground was very heavy and the breathing, I could hear the thing breathing. Did you know about Black Shark no, when I, this happened? Well, I think I'd, I think I'd heard about it. I mean, I've lived in Bungie for quite a long time now. We, I moved here in the late 90s. And um, so I, I, I sort of think I'd heard about it, but I hadn't really taken any notice of it. Because that area, specifically that say, area... that area is very... Is shocking. where is, there's, there's one of the most classic stories is exactly there. You see, I didn't even know that. And it was now. the hateful thing, yeah, it, wasn't the, it? It's yeah, like an 1800s story. Okay. The hateful thing, which is just like an amazing name. And it him. followed behind the hedge. Yeah, it's so like, it didn't come onto exact. the road. It, you know, if you if you know the road, you know it's it's, yeah. it's a very narrow country lane. It's. Um, I think there's two accounts of that I think lane. There's one in there's the, somebody who was at the reading rooms in Bungie yeah. and walked back. Yeah, and there and was they were again there was the courting couple, wasn't there? Yeah. who were approached as, as well by something almost exactly the same. So it's really exciting to like yeah. hear like a, a, like a, a contemporary a, a, tale, a contemporary story like from that area. Yeah, because so. it's it's a it's a kind of it's a it's whilst it's a classic, it's probably a lesser known one, isn't it? Yeah. It's a classic to us. Right. Because we know all of them, but yeah. that that exact area is. And what is I was sure about is that it was it was chasing me because yeah. I I sped up and went as mm. fast as I could, probably I don't know about twenty five miles an hour on that bike. And you were frightened. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I quickly became frightened yeah. because, you know, it was I hadn't I had no way to defend myself, and it was yeah. really dark. And if it was a big dog, you know. Mm. I don't know. I just sort of thought, shit, that's, yeah. that's right. Did you tell anybody that it had happened? Yeah, so when I got home, because I was living on my own then, um, I phoned uh, uh, Lila and, and told her about it. And I, d I didn't really, I didn't talk with anybody about it then because I, didn't, I really didn't know about the black shuck thing. I didn't sort of associate it with that at the time. But when I did tell one or two people... Uh, when I did speak of it with uh, one or two people at the theatres, a historian, local historian, and then he told me a bit more about the Shuck mm -hmm. thing. And you um, said, oh, you know, it could have been that. And, uh, you know, I thought... Did you have any thoughts about going back, like, the next day or anything to see so, what yeah. was on the other side of the... 
Well, I was I was going to see her a lot there while mm. she was living there. Um, I I didn't want a cycle. Nice. <laughs> 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 so I went in the car. Yeah. Uh, um, Very wise. For a, for a little while afterwards, but I I did. Um, yes, I did. Isn't it funny that you do that? Mm. Because but I did went in the daytime. And I, I looked, I took in the farm really, and sort of like tried to take in whether they had dogs. Mm. Um, I run that route regularly. I used to run it all the time, the Ellingham Loop, and um, I've never seen dogs on that farm, so mm. I, I don't know for sure that he hasn't got dogs. But um, and I looked over the, you know, looked at the stretch of it and where the this animal, this thing would have had to have run, where it would have been running, and. Um, and also to hear its breathing. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. That so you know I uh, as I said I'm familiar with big dogs, um, and when they're when they're running for a while, you know, and if and if they're especially if they're excited, you can hear the breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was what made it scary actually, because I I thought I it it occurred to me oh it's a fox it's a fox no it's not a fox because a fox doesn't sound that heavy and the breathing just certainly doesn't sound yeah, like yeah. you know again I've come across foxes you know and you um, couldn't you couldn't see over the hedge it was no it's a very thick hedge yeah. it's not particularly high probably sort of I don't know four or five feet high I think it is um, but it's a thick it's a thick hedge and perhaps that's why I don't know perhaps that's why whatever it was didn't sort of like come through or jump over the hedge but um, I find it really interesting because a lot of the shock sightings are that like he, he seems to follow people because there's the one just down at Ditchingham, isn't there? A guy who basically exactly the same thing mm. happened down just on the way home from having been at the pub, possibly right. the three tons. Okay. <laughs> um, um, again, late at night, kind yeah. of one a.m. ish, and he got followed in exactly the same way. Yeah. It just yeah. seems to be wow. That's like. And the... if it was a dog, when you got to a point where it could get to you, it mm. would have got to you, wouldn't it? Mm. Presumably, you would think. Yeah. There's an odd bit to it, isn't there? And I didn't clock this until the daytime when I looked at it. But there is a gap in the hedge um, where the entrance to the farm is. Yeah. Um, but it continues... You know, I, I, I didn't sort of really clock that gap that in the darkness. Good. Because it's, <laughs> well, it's so pitch black down that yeah. road. You know, yeah. and I had I said, one of those headlights that's... Uh, you know, there's LED lights that sort of just focuses like a circle on the road. Mm. Um, so yeah. unless, you know... you. I think you're right. If it had been a dog that was kind of after you, yeah. in that sense, it would have it would have taken that yeah. chance to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, if it was like a guard dog. But mm. I, I don't... I, as I said, I've, I've, I, I always looked for months, years probably afterwards. Um, when and I it never past. happened again? No, it never happened again. But ju- I, I was just really curious. I should have gone and asked the farmer, have you got big dogs? <laughs> <laughs> do you still think about it? When I go past that road, yeah. I do think. I do, yeah, I always remember it when I go mm. past that, that uh, hedge. Yes. Mm. I don't run past that way so often now. Because it's a long way to run and I'm older. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I do think about it. That's amazing, isn't it? Wonderful story. Thank you so much. So now we've heard Darren's story. Um, Nick's going to share his encounter. I I certainly am. Very excited. (laughs) Um, It was really interesting listening to Darren's tale because there are some similarities between my encounter and his. Some differences as well, which will become obvious. Um, and my 
my experience um, happened not so very long ago and it happened in a small village in Suffolk and it transpired thus. I'd come down to see a friend of mine and we got on really well, we hadn't seen each other for a little while and gone down for some dinner, drink some wine and hang out and we did exactly that. <laughs> we had some dinner, we drank some wine, we hung out and we got chatting and the night just slipped away in conversation and merriment and before we knew it, it was getting towards bedtime, it's well into the small hours, it's about 3am probably, <laughs> and we both had a bit to drink, not ridiculously so, but enough to want to sober up a bit before bed. And this occurred, I think it was probably the kind of the start of the year, I guess so maybe like February time perhaps, it was cold, it was a cold and clear night, and I remember discussing it and saying, listen, perhaps what we should do is go out for a walk, just around the village, it's a tiny village, hardly anyone lives there, uh, deep in the Suffolk countryside, so the stars would be out, and the wildlife would be there, because both my friend and I have a keen interest in, in the natural world. So we strode forth um, to alleviate any future hangovers, and <laughs> clear our heads, and see if we could see any wildlife around. And as soon as we stepped out of the cottage onto the village street, we were blown away by the clarity of the night it was, it was a beautiful clear night and it was cold and sharp and very very still it was one of those high pressure periods where the air is clear and there's not much movement and everything is sharp and bright and crisp and we'd not really gone more than 30 paces from a house still in the village where when we heard a scuffling and a rustling in the hedge so we'd been thinking well let's let's see if we can see some wildlife um it's at that time of the day, well, that time of the night where, where the creatures come out, which wouldn't be normally seen during the day. So thinking maybe a fox or a deer, or if you were lucky, a badger. And whatever was making this rustling noise sounded quite hefty. You could hear it in the hedgerow, kind of scuffling around. And we were starting to sort of jokingly lay bets. I reckon it's a deer. Oh, I reckon it's a badger. Feel You can hear it some weight. You could hear it moving. It's sounding sounded bigger than any of those things and it was moving away from us so this is where it varies from, from Darren's tale this creature this unknown creature instead of following was moving away and you could hear it kind of walking along the street couldn't see anything but you knew something was there and you know we really just had no sort of thoughts of anything untoward at this point just debating whether it was a fox or a deer or a badger and these footsteps disappeared off into the distance. So we walked on, perhaps perhaps 50 yards, to the, to the edge of a village, a very small village, uh, and came to a gap in the hedge, sort of a gateway, a farm, a farm gateway leading into a field. And I could see, although it was a bright night, I couldn't see everything, but I could see a shape, I could see a dark shape standing in the gateway. And I nudged my mate, and I was like... It's there. Whatever it is, is there. It's just standing there. And we could see the silhouette of it and we're like, that's no badger. It's not a fox. It's a deer. It's just standing. It's a deer. It's just standing there. So my friend got a phone out with a torch on. We're like, let's see. What, what type is it? It's going to be a monk check. It's going to be a roe deer. Fellow. Shone the torch. And standing there, 
standing stock still in the gateway, squared up to us, not aggressive, but utterly, utterly confident, was a very large black dog. Um, and it, it was strange because it was just there, four square to us. And my initial instinct was to go, Who, who's a nice boy? Who's a good boy? And I took a step forward because I thought, this is, this is kind of weird. There's a dog just standing there. It's 3 a.m. in the morning and it's a big black dog. And you're in the middle of the Suffolk countryside. So, who's a nice boy? I took one step forward and the dog just went. And I took a step back. I was like, okay, no worries. And it, it was, the thing which struck me was the dog, it wasn't aggressive, but it wasn't scared either. There was no hint of fear about it it just stood there facing us down and it was big and I didn't recognise my friend sometimes walks dogs for a living and they know that village very well mm-hmm. they couldn't recognise what breed it was it was a it was a large black dog it probably stood at least waist height okay. it was big it wasn't There's like no context like how tall are you well I'm six foot so okay. and it would have come up to my waist it was it was stood a good its back was a good three three and a half feet off the ground it wasn't it probably wasn't quite the size of a deer hound uh-huh. or a Great Dane, but it wasn't far off that. And mm-hmm. and it wasn't a species or a breed of dog which I could instantly recognise. It, it was relatively kind of wiry haired. It wasn't sort of mega mega shaggy. And it didn't have glowing red eyes, mm. but <laughs> which I was bloody glad about because yeah. I'd have been legging it down the road. But it, it stopped me and my friend in our tracks. We just stood there mm-hmm. looking at it. And I was thinking, how on earth is this going to pan out? We, we realised we were kind of clutching onto each other at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Like going, you can see that, right? I was like, yeah, I can see that. You can see that. Yeah, we are looking at a very large black dog here. And the dog looked at us. And I guess it, it felt like a long time, but it was perhaps 10, 20 seconds. And eventually what it did, it moved first. And it didn't run away. It walked out of the field, past us, and straight down the middle of the road. Not running, just walking. And my initial thought was, this dog has been walking that route for a long, long time. This dog owns this village. And... (laughs) We would. I mean, we carried on I our walk up. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was a really unnerving thing to experience because both my friend and I are pretty logical, pretty rational people. You know, not prone to, you know, flights of fancy or any untoward superstitions necessarily. But that was weird. It was really odd, and we just we both of us were like, that was weird, wasn't it? And like that Did was you really. Did watch it leave? I watched it pad down the road. Down the centre of the road, utterly, utterly confident, like it owned the not place. Not looking back. Not looking back, you know, not running, not hurried, not unnerved. I mean, if you find a dog, if you find a stray dog out in the streets, it might it might perhaps be aggressive, and I, you approach it and it might growl, but then it would turn tail and slink off, mm. or run away, or bark at you. There was no barking, there was no running away. This dog owned the place and it knew it as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a little follow-up to it. We were puzzled by that and as I said my friend knows the village well and sometimes walks dogs there and knows every, pretty much knows every dog in that village. Mm-hmm. So my friend asked around and no one had heard anything of this dog but also put something on uh, a Facebook group just to ask if anyone had lost a large black dog or anyone seen a large black dog moving around. And the interesting thing there was that all the neighbouring villages 
mention stuff. When, <laughs> maybe you've seen the shark, maybe you've seen this, but not a single person in the village which it was in <laughs> mentioned it. Not a single response. And my friend was like, it's almost as if they knew something they didn't want to let on. That's really interesting. Wow. Like they know the shock is there. And Who they knows? just don't talk about Who it. Who knows? Who knows? But Did you end the night being pleased you'd seen it or still unnerved? I've unnerved, I think. Not pleased because there really wasn't any sort of rational explanation. I mean, there was. It was a big dog which was someone had let out at night. I was just standing there. That was the conclusion we reached. It's, it's got to be that. Yeah, of course, it's got to be that. But I think there was just a little something in both of us which was left feeling a little bit like that, that wasn't something did we see something normal. odd there was but that what something would have odd? happened if you'd followed it well <laughs> take a brave person to do that <laughs> wouldn't it did, who knows where it is sober you up quickly yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it, <worked. laughs> it did indeed he is the hangover cure yeah, yeah. black shark is a hangover cure wow. <laughs> yeah and i don't i don't claim that, that was black shark i just claim to have seen a large black dog in the middle of the night in a quiet village in the fair, countryside. are not hugely um, common, are they? No. You know, I mean, no. you've got a dog, I walk dogs. I have got a small black dog, you but if he was a lot dog. bigger, he might look like shark. He wouldn't walk in a straight line. No, around the no. and also, if you, if you have a dog, you might, you might let it out at night. It's possible, so, especially out in the countryside, people mm. are a bit aware, perhaps, that... They might feel threatened by people burgling or mm. burgling their property or intruding. Perhaps they'd let a, a dog I out. I'd be more worried about my dog in that case if you they probably were burglars. Would. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I'd exactly. And you'd also, you'd think you would know that dog. If you lived in a village and you walked around there a lot, you'd think you'd, and especially in a small village of only yeah. 30 or 40 houses, you well. would probably recognise a big black dog, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you'd be, oh yeah, that's so-and-so's and dog. And certainly on a Facebook group where, as we found, people are not... Um, not, not backward and coming forward, no, are they? No, so. they will give you the, your, their opinion regardless of whether you want it. Um, you'd expect somebody to have said something, wouldn't you'd you? You'd think there would be some yeah. sort of acknowledgement of going, oh, that's yeah. old Barry's dog down there. He always yeah. lets us out at night. That's nothing to worry well, even about. Even if it was just a yeah. kind of how much have you had to drink? Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah, exactly. All the neighbouring villages were taking the mickey yeah. like that, yeah, going, but not, none of the, none really of the people in the it. village. So, Gosh. I guess so. it's another one, like I asked... Um, Baron, like about going back to if mm. it looks like the dog, like you said, the dog looked like it knew it know it knew it, it like, walked that route many many times. Yeah. So if you went back, could you encounter it again? I guess it's a possibility. Would you have to go back at that sort of time? I guess it's a possibility. Yeah, um, and I have asked my friend about this, mm. and I've said, "Have you been?" Out walking at night so again. How long they ago have was been. Was this then? It was a couple of years. Okay. Not that long. Not that long ago. So and and can you still picture the dog exactly as it was? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I not so much the dog itself, but the aura, the energy, the thing gave off its stance, the way that was the thing which struck me most. It wasn't. It was in charge. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a confident dog, and it knew that it had the measure of us. There. Were you frightened? Um, when I stepped forward and it started growling, I knew I had to step back. But I didn't feel threatened. Okay. You know, I didn't. I felt like. I felt like if I kept my side of the bargain, which was to possibly it's observe right. but stay back, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't do anything. It let me know straight away. Sit that moment I stepped forward. 
you know, shone the torch on it. It's just stood there, watching. Step one, step forward. Step one, step back. It stops. So that dog knew exactly what it was doing and where it stood and where I stood. And I was left in no doubt as to the pecking order there. This might sound like a bit of a weird question. And it is a weird question. Mm. But did it smell at all? I couldn't smell it, no. No, I didn't smell and it. And it was it's, a still night, so it was a very, it was a very, it was a very still night. Yeah. It's true, and it's a cold, a cold mm. still night. But I've got a notoriously bad sense of smell anyway. So, so no, I, I didn't. Was just wondering I, if there's yeah. any odor of sulfur. No, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going. Yeah, with <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't. I didn't smell anything. I will ask my friend because mm. they might recollect differently. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, and I have, like I say, since then I have asked them if there's been any further encounters, and they're out walking a lot in that oh, no. area nothing further this does make you somewhat of a celebrity when it comes to a shuck festival that you've actually seen <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it no, this is the holy grail of uh, uh yeah well supposedly that in, should, bu- in the bungie area yeah it should spell the end of me shouldn't it i think if you see him you're going to be gone within the year well but, some think he's a he's a he's a guardian spirit yeah, doesn't doesn't they? There are different yeah but he is a guardian spirit that felt more like yeah. it to be honest it felt like i, I mean it didn't feel like the dog was protective of us but it also in no way felt like it was gonna attack going you. to attack or that it was bringing it didn't feel like was it was bringing harm the end of the walk no, it's right at the start of the walk. And so actually you, carried, you carried on, on carried on after no. that to try and walk it out, you know, to Blimey. walk it out of the system because it also it had headed off in the direction of a cottage. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so we would be following it otherwise. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have Good to do point. the loop after that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thank you for that. That's an incredible story. Really? My pleasure. Incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like, I think it's like, it's really good because so many with the so many times with these sorts of stories it's like stories from a really long time ago you know and it almost feels like these kind of creatures and, and tales are being forgotten and then you find like two people three three people because Stacia's got a story to share as well you know who's seen it relatively recently and it's like how, how he many is other still places among have us that? Like, it's just, something is still among us that's for sure brilliant yeah he is a yeah and i think it's it's really interesting because these contemporary accounts you can see that although we're trying to apply some sort of rationale to it and some sort of logic because that's kind of how the world works now you want to try and make sense of things you can put your queries out on a facebook group and see if anyone comes back but you can equally see that if that experience happened you know, even even now, which happened a year and a half, two years ago, it unnerved me. And if it happened 50 years or 100 years or 200 years ago, you can see how very quickly that passes into a kind of a folk memory mm-hmm. of stuff. And, oh, so-and-so saw that there. And, of course, if anyone else sees something there, then it kind of builds up into this, into this myth, this legend. And... You know, there's people were seeing something, weren't they? You know, I saw and it something. Is, it's also great to hear hear a tale yes. where you actually saw something. Mm. You know, they are amazing when you hear people who sense something, who hear something, equally incredible. But to see something, to actually face it, is mm-hmm. you know, I don't think we've had many of those, no, have we? Not many. No. There was, there was a the the fanes where the guy actually so again it's a and like it's a black shook yeah but it was the fanes and i think in heatherset, in heatherset, heatherset i've heard about this yeah. it's a calf like creature isn't it yeah he saw that that was relatively recently my chap my chap saw his yeah 
so it's oh, it's just wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, this is this is our, our heaven. I'm it? so glad that there's a festival. Do you want to show your story, Stacia? Yeah, sure. So we, um, I don't actually think I did put out a call for this. This came into me at the beginning of the year. And then I finally followed up with it a couple of months ago. So this is a chap who contacted me directly. Um, so there are tales about black shark patrolling the area where this happened, which is Backton, a bit far away from, from, from where we are now in Bungie. So this is kind of North Norfolk. Um, in 1866, in a book by J.G. Nall, called slightly excitingly great yarmouth and lower stuffed and <laughs> um, there was a reference to old shock or shuck who they said was a spectre dog much connected with the danes who walks the chroma coast road near backton and then the bsig had a letter mm-hmm. so ivan bunn of the um borderline science investigation group in 1976 um, had a letter from a Mrs. Miss gm keeler which read they said old shuck was a big black shaggy dog with glaring eyes it was said he came from a shipwreck and some men were buried at Backton Abbey and some at Beeston Abbey and that he travelled backward and forward along the coast road. So Backton Abbey's Bromholm where oh, yeah. the zombies came back to life yeah. thanks to Jesus' cross, which is nice. Um, anyway, zombies aside, we... Um, don't get sidetracked on zombies. Don't get sidetracked on zombies. So easy. <laughs> um, we received a message from Dave Tomlinson who told us about his experience on Backton Beach when he saw Black Shuck as he was night fishing in the early 1970s. So, saving this turf for the right time. Mm-hmm. Today's the right time. Um, Dave told me it was January, either in 1972 or 1973. I love to go beach fishing at night in Backton for coddling. I, I don't know what that is. Baby fish. Is it small, small cod? cod? Yeah, it's a juvenile cod. Oh, that's quite nice, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Although he was killing them. Um, <laughs> I used to go there with a mate of mine, but for some reason, on the night in question, he couldn't go with me. So I went alone. At about 2.30am, I heard a kind of growl behind me. I had my tilly lamp burning and there was no wind whatsoever. It was a still night, cold but quiet, and the sea was calm. I looked behind me and there was a large animal-type shadow just out of the range of my lamp. To tell you the truth, I was shit scared. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I was alone on the beach in the middle of the night. It looked like a giant wolfhound or or a Great Dane, but black, no glowing eyes. It felt like forever, but it must have only been a few seconds before this shadow thing sort of shaded away down the beach towards Walcott. It seemed as it, as it, whatever it was, checked me out, and after giving me the once-over, left. It wasn't threatening towards me, but I was very scared. Actually, it was strange, as in a way I, no, I not only felt frightened, but also sad at the same time. I went over where it had been, and there were no tracks on the wet sand whatsoever. From an animal that big, and it was big, you'd have expected to see something, but there was nothing. I didn't think twice. I packed up my stuff and I went home double quick. It wasn't until a couple of years ago when I shared my story on Facebook and someone told me that there were sailors who lost their lives at sea who were buried at Backton and legend has it that Shuck roams the beach looking for his master. I mean, that's mm. so similar. So similar yeah, us. remarkably so. Yeah, including the not feeling threatened, not feeling threatened, the, the weather conditions, the night, the still, the yeah, un- uncanny, uncanny. Yeah. Um, it puts me in mind of another relevant tale, if you don't mind me, just yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. And this didn't happen to me, but it did happen to a close friend of mine, and um, 
not so far from where we're sitting now. Uh, so we're in Bungie at the moment. But the neighbouring village is, is Ersham. And in between the two, there's a stretch of um, grazing marsh, basically, where the river runs. And there's a lay-by there. And this is going back, this is probably at least 20 years ago now, but my, my friend and his girlfriend at the time had a big old camper van, Mercedes, sort of live-in truck, basically, sort of traveller travel van, and they parked up there for the night. And I remember speaking to my mate the next day. I was like, how was your, how was your park up for the night? He said, oh, it was bloody dreadful first night of my life. Oh, what happened? And he said, well, we were, we were parked up quietly there. Um, it got to about three or four o'clock in the morning. It was cold again, cold winter's night. And he said at, at about three o'clock in the morning, the whole van started to shake. He said, oh something, something had got hold of the front of it and you could hear a scraping. He said, you could hear something get up on the front, like two pads, and you could hear a scraping and a scratching and the whole thing was rocking. And he, <laughs> he was, well, he was convinced, he was convinced it was Shuck because he was more superstitious than, than I am, really. But I was like, well, no, perhaps what it was, well, it could have been a deer, and sometimes when their new antlers are coming through, they have to rub the, the velvet bit off the antlers, so perhaps it just got stuck in the grill. That's probably what it was. Surely it was a deer, just got its head on your truck and was rubbing it. And my mate was like, no, something put two paws up on that, and it was big. We felt the suspension go down, the whole thing rocked. What was that a... story in Suffolk where something happened when a couple were staying in the 1940s, and they were staying in a cabin on the beach. We've written about it. And something put its paws on the door and smashed against the cottage. I can't remember that one. It was kind of one of those prefab ones, mm-hmm. so it was, yeah, it was moving. Shaky. And that was in Suffolk, and that was yeah. exactly the same. And it happened, I think, near Albrook. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so creepy. My parents live quite near there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it then? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, that was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Wonderful Incredible. Stories, yeah. Thanks for letting me share it. Um, I guess before we kind of sign off, it would be great if Steph, if you, like, this will be going out just before the Shook Festival, like, so the 1st of August, so people will still have time to, like, make plans to come and, Absolutely. Come and see you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what's Why going on? Why should they come? I mean, well, they don't really need any justification. Because they should. Because <laughs> they just should. Well, Black Shook Festival is all about storytelling. It's, it's about sharing stories, it's about sharing interpretations of what we see, what we listen to, what we've heard from the past, and what we still experience now um, in this beautiful, wonderful landscape. And I'm just totally struck by the overlap, because for me, creating a festival around a legend has been probably one of the easiest things I've ever encountered. I mean, there's a ton of admin, obviously, mm-hmm. but... There is no shortage of creativity and storytelling and, and people who write books and create art and pottery around this legend and the folklore in this region. And so everyone has come out of the woodwork and everyone's contributing. And it's about bringing these people together. It's about people coming together as a community, talking about the good, the bad and the ugly and how shuck, black shuck is perceived as a good omen or a curse or... Uh, something more ethereal like depression Mm. and so we're addressing all of that through art and storytelling so there will be live performance music cabaret um, film there will be a live reenactment of when shuck came to bungie uh, to saint mary's church and uh, you know where the legend sort of uh, originated Um, and there will be a a pop-up shop to come and buy all shuck 
related merch. That, that sounds, sounds good. good. Yes. <laughs> we're, opening, we're opening this Friday, the 21st, and it will run through the festival. Fantastic. So please come. Uh, there will be two exhibitions, a children's exhibition and a, an adult art exhibition with lots of very generous prizes for those who win. Uh, there will be lots of theater performance and uh, a huge parade with lots of fun, a massive giants, one including a massive shuck. Um, so we hope everyone will come. But one of the biggest um, features that I'd like to just uh, reiterate is that everyone in the next week will be receiving a demon card through their letterbox. Everyone in Bungie will receive this. So that's over 3,000 homes. Um, a demon card is essentially a place to write down your own personal demons and you bring that to the festival, the Castle Bailey, at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 5th of August. And collectively, communally, we will be burning our demons together. Amazing. So making something dark into something light and fun. Mm -hmm. And that will be right before the parade. So uh, Black Shuck Running Club will be starting things off Friday evening at 7 p.m. They'll be coming into town carrying an effigy of Shuck. And then after that, the Fisher Theatre will have a, an, a fantastic Black Shuck Cabaret with all sorts of fun uh, stories, plays, and performances. And do you hope the festival will just keep getting bigger? Every year, and it will. Because last year was the first inaugural event, but it was one, yeah. one day. It was wonderful, though. And it was just a taster. It really wasn't a, an actual festival. So yeah. that was just a taster to get the, get the buzz going. And this year is our first actual event. So... August 4th through the 6th, Friday to Sunday. There will be things every day, so please come along. And most things are free. There's only one ticketed event um, on Friday evening. So get your tickets now at fishertheatre.org. So um, just before we go, where can people find out more about it? www.blackshuckfestival.com And we have an Instagram page, so please follow us. And uh, we hope you have liked this podcast. Well, thank you all. Um, and obviously we will be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're going to be there <laughs> we as well. Mention, <laughs> we should mention that. Um, but, yeah, if you um, will be um, recording ghost stories, actually. At so the Three Tons. At the Three Tons. Pub. So if, if anyone has The most any... haunted pub in Christendom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually there will be a disco on Saturday night at the Three Tons cellar. So. Oh. From nine to midnight, we'll be dancing our tails off for sure. That's where the farting ghost <laughs> is, isn't it? The farting ghost yeah. is down there. Yeah. Bra plucking. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That too.